I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. And welcome back, folks, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much better beloved better half. Hey, Lynn. Hello, Patriots. So, folks, uh, we are joined tonight with a yet another uh, candidate who is running for a, an elected office, of course, because that's how we do all of our elections, or that's yeah. how we think we do all of our elections. Hopefully. Ha, ha, ha. Anywho, this gentleman is running for the lieutenant governor position in South Carolina, um, and... Uh, yeah, and he's actually running on a ticket. So he and the governor candidate are running together. Um, and uh, since I joined Candace's campaign, um, her camp, one of her campaign people reached out to me and, and asked if we'd like to speak to him. And I said, absolutely, because they're right next door. I mean, yep. South Carolina is right up the road from us. So um, a lot of the policies in South Carolina really affect the things that go on in Georgia, especially where we live, because we're so close to the South Carolina border. The, the port and everything exactly. else that extends up and down the, the coastline there. Yeah. Um, a lot of shipping channels, sea lanes, so on and so forth. So uh, Heck, my best friend lives in South Carolina. Yeah. Right over the border. A couple of them. Um, so without any further ado, yeah, we're going to bring in Joe Warren here. Uh, Joe, uh, welcome, sir. And, uh, welcome to the Patriot party. If you would just go ahead and introduce yourself for everyone for us. Hello guys. My name is Zoe Warren and I am in Lexington, South Carolina. I'm running for Lieutenant governor with trucker, Bob muscle white. Um, he's from Greenville County and, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, excited to be on your show. Greenville County. 
Wow, I know where that is. It, it's crazy. <laughs> well, we have driven through South Carolina quite a few times. Yes, yes, we have. <laughs> Nick was stationed in North Carolina, so um, and I was I stayed here in Georgia, so we made that drive up and down the coast pretty much every, uh, routinely. Yeah, like every weekend or so when he was stateside. So yeah, we we drove through there a lot. When you you hit that uh, that fountain. Florence. Yeah, in Florence. Florence. That, and there's always a bottleneck there. Like, you know that you're two and a half hours away from home. Yep. So, Marine Corps? Say again. Army. Yeah, he was at Bragg. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah, good old Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what got you into politics? What, what brought you to this point? Well, I mean, that's a long story. I mean, it, it really, my eyes got opened during Obama's administration. You know, I was so excited. Like, somebody looks like me, you know, and they're president. And, I didn't know anything, you know, I was completely non-political, you know, um, but I was a Christian, you know, and so I was like, you know, maybe this is justice, yada, yada, yada. Well, about 2012, I was already done with Obama. <laughs> that dude was the exact opposite of what I was hoping to see, you know, and, um, it, you know, I didn't know exactly what to think and what to do, uh, but I didn't know I could pray. And so I started praying and, um, I mean, he won the 2012 elections and then he, he made a comment at a national day of prayer. And that comment was about Christians. You know, there was a bunch of people being murdered overseas, you know, like, I mean, Christians, my brothers and sisters, people that I, you know, my family and I were missionaries. We've been to Pakistan, we've been to the Philippines, I've been to Haiti. These are my brothers and sisters. No, this isn't like, you know, just strangers. And so he made a comment at a national day of prayer that Christians had done many awful things in the name of Christ. And, and he was a basically, I guess, upset about the idea that we would call them radical domestic terrorists or radical terrorists or radicalism or whatever, uh, Islamic terrorism. He didn't like to hear those words. And so I was thinking in my heart, like, man, how in the world could this dude say he's a Christian and think like that? Because we're talking about, we're not even talking about just them and the Islamic terrorism, radical Islamic terrorism. They're killing Christians wholesale. And that's your comment at a National Day of Prayer. And so that, that, that actually opened my heart to listen to more conservative thought and my friends and family around me that were conservatives already, they let me know I was a conservative already. I wasn't really even willing to listen to anything political. Um, but you know, after that ordeal, my friends had a way in and that was the beginning of my political, I guess I was always a Christian. You know what I'm saying? I was a, I was a, a missionary, a preacher. I understood the principles of liberty. I just didn't know that they were in the Republican Party because to me, Republicans look just kind of like a bunch of greedy, stiff dudes in suits, you know. So, well, and, <laughs> and that's and they still do. You know, we we say a lot that um, that that the Republicans and the Democrats are are two wings of the same bird, uh, at least the ones that are that are currently in office, and that's that's why we're we're really trying to to help facilitate the change of that. You know, we we want. We want patriots in office. We want America first candidates in office. We want people that actually care about this country. And honestly, we don't care what party you previously affiliated it with, if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Um, as, as long as you care about this country, you care about the Constitution, you yeah. care about standing up for our rights and, and not, you know, trimming a little bit here and there. Because, um, you know what they say, you, you, you give the mouse a, a cookie, he's going to ask for a glass of milk. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they they. They, they took our God-given freedoms away um, in in the name of an emergency. But the thing about 
emergencies is that once once you give them power, they are going to constantly come up with an emergency to retain that power. And that's, that's right. kind of where we're at now. Uh, where we're at now. So we we really we're doing our best to change that. Um, and and it sounds like you are too. So that's uh, that's that's pretty fantastic. That's exciting. Um, yeah. So. Uh, as so I'm actually kind of surprised because I didn't think that the uh, governor in uh, South Carolina, I thought he was well received. Is this uh, is this an issue with him or is this just a change in, change in direction? Well, I think that there is a change in direction. Um, obviously, Donald Trump endorsed Governor McMaster back at the beginning of 2021. OK, that was before the uh, the vax mandate ordeals came down. And so we were tolerating stomaching the aggressions uh, against our liberty during 2020 already. You know, there's a, Ann Rand, I, I was just looking it up just for a minute because I wanted to quote her. She says that every major horror of history was committed in the name of an altruistic motive, you know, for the greater good, right? Absolutely, very true. One of my favorite quotes. Yeah, and so like our governor, he did that. Like, it, the South Carolina Republican Creed has a line in it and it says that I will not trade freedom for beneficence. Right. Well, our governor traded all kinds of our freedoms for the benefit of even South Carolina. You, you can't trade benefits to me. Excuse me, my freedom for benefits for anybody. If, you, if you're going to say the creed, otherwise you can't say the creed. And so the violation of the creed is the problem. You said just a minute ago there, you know, Republicans, and Democrats, wings on the same bird. Right. I think the, that bird is the bird of oath breaking, the, 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 the bird of covenant breaking. The bird that says one thing and behind the scenes where you can't see it, they're doing the opposite. And sometimes they do the opposite right out front. I mean, we got one in the Senate, you know, he talks a good game about limited government and conservative principles, but then, you know, votes in all kinds of leftist judges. And so they break covenants. The Bible talks a lot about covenant breakers, right? Yes, it's absolutely. Like, it does. It's, it's like getting married to somebody and, you know, after you've been married for a little while, you know, things have changed between us a little bit. So, you know, because we're different now, it's different today than it was when we got married. So I'm just going to, you know, go, you know, I'm just going to go, you know, hang out, okay, right? yeah. I'm go do something else. Right. No, it's not OK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, I uh, well, I did not know that. I I thought that uh, I thought he was well received. Uh, that is news to me. I'm I'm glad to hear it though. No, um, I, I, I'm glad that there's uh, yourself and uh, trucker what trucker Joe trucker Bob. or trucker Bob. Trucker Bob. Uh, <laughs> hey, we you know what we need more truckers in government. Hey, absolutely. Um, we are all after what we truckers. just saw in Canada. Yeah. You can't you can't go wrong there. And, and uh, you know, the genesis of that. Can I talk to that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, Trucker Bob, I mean, we, we actually were tolerating what happened in 2020, right? I just said that. Like, you know, the country club class, they had, their country clubs were open. The restaurants were open, right? Mom and pop stores, my friends, small businesses are shut down. You know, the, the big box stores are wide open. 18-year-olds are cleaning the stuff. But they, 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 certainly they couldn't clean it better than the 40- and 50-year-old people that have been running their business for 30, 40 years, you know. But still, that's what our governor allowed to happen here because there's a reason why the policies in South Carolina look more like Michigan than South Dakota. There's a reason why it looked more like Oregon than Florida because of the poison influences surrounding governor McMaster. The same reason why he's on a association that Andrew Cuomo is the chairman of. And so mm -hmm. what, what happens is our trucker, Bob, our governor, governor trucker, Bob Musselwhite, he is applauding 
Governor McMaster, because we're, we're giving him some leeway. You know, I understand you didn't know what you were doing. You were just trying to do the best you could, and we get that. You know, you were trying to do the best you could with emergency order after emergency order after emergency order for I don't know how many months because the legislature who took, you know, that, that took your power, they, they don't even want to come back and, and have a session and, and do something. So I understand. But then 20, 2021 came and the vaccine mandates came down. And our governor said, I'm going to fight these unconstitutional vaccine mandates to the gates of hell. And three weeks later, when the gates of hell came, Henry Master was nowhere to be found. Matter of fact, he was surrendering to the gates of hell because the gates of hell were standing there, not just devils and demons, but they were standing there with Boeing and they were standing there with, you know, uh, Volvo or whoever else, BMW. They're standing there with all these big businesses, big pharma, big hospital systems. And Governor Master said, no, you know, I can't do nothing about that. I'm sorry, guys. DOD, a little bit of money, you know, so we can buy some F-16s to do defense of our country. So instead of actually defending the guard, we're just going to keep the money. How about that? Mm. Yeah, sounds like what's been going on pretty much everywhere else. Yeah, so. right here, <laughs> here across the border, just down here in Georgia. Same thing's happening down here. And, you know, uh, speaking of 2020, of course, here in Georgia, it was a little more dramatic uh, with the fraud that went on in the election, um, you know, with uh, the Fulton County and on the suitcases being pulled out and the, uh, you know, water main break that wasn't really a water main break. And then rather a leaky yeah, toilet, exactly. overflowing toilet. <laughs> Like eight hours before. Um, and then of course the, you know, we, we, we had our election stolen from us twice cause they did it again in, in January and, and, uh, and we knew all, you know, we knew about it and there's there, there nothing anyone did. No one fought for it. No one said anything, just hey, same thing, you know, a little bit of money changed hands and, and everyone just went off their merry way. Um, how, how was the election like in South Carolina? I mean, obviously, uh, I think Trump took South Carolina, but we've, we've seen, with uh, like Captain Seth Keschel's work, um, uh, Jarvis Smith, uh, all these these amazing people that have come forward with all these all this data that they've uncovered that shows that there's fraud in literally every state. Uh, did you guys see anything like that in South Carolina? Actually, we did, and I just went to an event. I just matter of fact, I, I I'm still dressed from the event. Um, it was a election. Uh, uh, man, I can't remember the name of the group for some reason, but Laura Shar, she's my friend, and it's it's a group that she works in. And they went through and they canvassed. They went out to multiple counties, eight out of the ten counties, and they actually canvassed. And we found out that you know our voter rolls are messed up. We had dead people voting. We got, I mean, truly dead people that were dead 10, 11, 15 years ago. They're like would be one hundred and twenty years old now voting in the 2020 election and they went in all these counties they actually went door to door and they uh, you know they investigated you know several hundred or thousands in each county and they came back with a report and i mean in some of those counties we had 91 percent of the county that are that are actually can vote that are that can register to vote 91 percent of them actually registered to vote that's uncanny yeah that's well beyond the the 50 to 60 that we, we normally have you know and so, yeah, we got shenanigans here, too. And I think they did the shenanigans here because they had other races they needed to win, like my friend Chris Smith, who ran in District 26. He was running against the minority, the Senate minority leader, Nikki Sessler, who was a Democrat. He was the, you know, he calls himself the uh, compassionate conservative or something of that effect. And uh, he's friends with the, the current Senate majority leader. Um, and so that guy almost lost to my friend, who it was his first time running. 
And um, he was within a, a very small margin he lost on the night of the election. Well, 24 hours after the polls closed, a box of 1,500 ballots just shows up out of nowhere. And there is, all of them are for his opponent. Puts him well outside of the, the, uh, the threshold for a recount. I sent a letter to all the GOP chairs at the time. Uh, it was a concerned citizens letter. None of them got back with me. That's kind of why I'm in this position I'm in right now, because I know I believe in God. I do. Sometimes God talks to me. Right. And that's yep. kind of weird. But I mean, it's not like I hear him outside. I, it's, it's inside. Yep. I'm all excited. I'm like, Lord, I got to do something. What am I going to do? Like, this can't happen. And I, I promise you, when the Lord talks to me, he's rebuking me. He's like, settle down. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> don't go opening doors for yourself. Just go to the ones I open. And I, and I hear, feel and hear this inside. I'm like, OK, you're going to open some doors. And that's that actually began this circuit that I'm on right now. And it's been the most amazing ride. I, I mean, I got voted in to be the third vice chair of the Lexington County Republican Party. I had the second most votes to be state delegate. I mean, the only one who had more votes to me is the chairman. Um, and then, you know, I'm working on resolutions and bills, taking political science classes. And that's when I met Trucker Bob because we're trying to get bills passed, trying to get resolutions passed at the county level, state level, and even in the, the, the state house. And he's like, hey, man. Governor McMaster lied to me. He said he would go to the gates of hell. I clapped first. I stood up. I cheered him on. And he backed off. He said, uh, we can't have that. Would you run with me? And that's why I'm running. So. Outstanding. That's, that's that's fantastic. And and I don't think it's weird at all that you say God talks to you. In fact, I think in, in these times, especially in the past year or so, I think God has been talking to more and more people. Or maybe more and more people have gained the ability to hear him. Mm. Right. As they've, as they've or, woken up to what's or going on. Maybe more and more people started listening. Maybe that's yeah. the key. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, we see more, more and more people come to God every day and, and not through churches because churches have been closed. Um, and honestly, those, I, I wouldn't want to go to those churches anyway, because I, I, I say this all the time. Um, but, uh, I don't understand how a man can call him a, a pastor or a priest can call himself a man of God and yet live in fear. Those, those two things just don't go together. So when you close churches, you know, you're just, you're caving to fear. Uh, we, we don't play that game. So, um, that's, that's pretty fantastic. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you guys, uh, canvas the 2020 election. Do you have plans on how to prevent fraud in 2022? Well, we're working with some folks who are doing their best to begin putting election workers in all of the polling booths in South Carolina. Um, I mean, obviously, the Democrats pretty much have a stronghold on that, you know. And and what, what another good thing, though, is that a lot of Democrats are waking up. Like, I went and I was a poll watcher, and the 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 the, the election poll whatever that I went to in whatever precinct it was, I can't remember now. I actually sat and talked with the, the election manager. He was a Democrat, but we talked about. I had my little Trump pin on. I think I was wearing this exact jacket, you know. And um, we're talking about. Loving your neighbor as yourself. We're talking about community, and I and I, I I use the term community policing in place of the term like you know citizen militia, just because you know when you're talking to people, sometimes you say the M word, and it's like you you, you call somebody a Negro. <laughs> we'll say they're like, you can't yeah. say the M word. <laughs> like, uh, what's that? I said, don't go Joe Rogan now. I'm just saying, you know, I'm 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 just like I'm trying to be honest, you know, like as as honest as possible without getting us booted off of the internet. But um, they're, they're, as I'm talking to him about it, and I'm like, you know, back in the day, 
the founders, you know, even when a widow and her roof would fall in, they would call forth the militia, not to go to war, but to raise her a new roof. They loved their neighbor as himself. You know, the first two amendments were to protect our ability to do the two great commandments. To We can love the Lord our God with all our soul, heart, mind, and strength, right? Freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. You can go to church, freedom to print your Bible. Nobody can put you to death for it, you know? You can live your conscience, and if you're your government trespasses you, they got to listen to your grievance. Second one, that's about the militia, not just personal self-defense, but about defending your community, loving your neighbor as yourself. If you would call the police, or if you'd want somebody to call the police, if your family was in, in danger, then you should be able to be called too. Otherwise, you're a hypocrite. Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself. So they wanted to protect our ability to express this love for God and love for our neighbor. And so as we're having these conversations, you know, like, there's a beautiful thing that happens. Generally speaking, um, people will have some kind of like either a connection or they'll have conviction. <laughs> and this guy got connection. And he, I think some archetypes lit up in him. And he just started opening up. And we were having this back and forth. It got so good. We're out in the parking lot. This guy is a blue dog Democrat. I mean, he is like, you know, that's what he's I've been a Democrat my whole life, man. And he said, man, let me give you my card. Let's talk again. You know, we got a distinct opportunity right now, especially because of the work that Donald Trump did. Um, I, you know, some of the work he's doing currently, uh, you know, I, I love the guy, but, I, I, but he taught me through his time, and I would say ministering in, in government here, um, he taught me to be a free thinker and to, to stand up for what I believe in, you know. And so some of the things with the Operation Warp Speed vaccine stuff, I'm not, I'm not down for that. But what he did to... to, to to free the minds of people to see that, look, it's both red and blue. You know, it's Republicans and Democrats failed you. Look at how socialism is creeping in. I don't care how many years Republicans have been Republicans. It's gotten worse. It hasn't gotten better. Things aren't looking good. Look at your school. We got porn on the school shelves. They're teaching kids critical, divisive theories based on race in our classrooms. What? I mean, and, and we got Republicans creating the public school systems that will put out immoral and irreligious children when the, uh, the architect of American government, John Adams, says our constitution is wholly inadequate to govern any but a moral and religious people. How can we have a government in South Carolina that's fully Republican have a system that's going to create irreligious and immoral children? I mean, <laughs> Donald Trump taught me they both failed us, you know? And so we got to be able to stand for what we believe in, stand strong for what we believe in, and just try to help people, you know? So I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I was actually thoroughly enjoying that, especially because you went back to John Adams and there's not a lot of people that know that time period as well as I like to think I do because I spent a lot of time studying it. One of the things that, you know, and it's funny too, because I'm wearing a t-shirt today with like my favorite quote ever, which is the give me liberty or give me death uh, quote, which is absolutely the God's honest truth is, you know, with what's especially going on today. This is, that is so fundamentally important that uh, it, it's tough to believe. And it, it always blows my mind when I actually sit back and think about it. Uh, you actually think these guys lived over 200 years ago. They wrote stuff that is still alive and breathing today. It still is applicable even today, even how screwed up we are as a country today. And you're absolutely right. This is the time we cross the aisle. This is the, but you know what the greatest thing is? And this is something I've seen just in the last couple of days. I, 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 not even the last couple of days, I'd say the last couple of weeks is that's beginning to happen on its own. 
I have watched America wake up. They're finally getting it. You know what it took? And this is the craziest part that I never, ever believe I'd ever say. The Canadians driving across their country, blowing their horns, guys <laughs> losing their minds on the street because the I haven't slept. I haven't <laughs> slept in five freaking days because you guys keep blaring your horns as you come down the street. Five days. That's five days of trucks driving in front of this guy's house. That's oh, outstanding. Damn. There's, yeah. They're literally waking people up. This is, <laughs> it is becoming very practical for us because we've always looked at Canada as our little stepbrother to the north. And now we're down here. We're saying, whoa, little stepbrother from the north uh, reached down and found out he had a pair. And he said, no, 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 hold your horses because watch this. Hold my beer. Uh, we're going to play some hockey. Hold my beer. The, and, the, the, the War of 1812 is finally you know, bearing fruit, I think. Yeah. It's only take, what, 300 years, uh, 280 years, but yeah, it's finally bearing, bearing fruit. You're absolutely right. But with that, we ask all everybody that comes on here who's running for political officer three big questions. So I think I know, number one, where you stand on Jesus. Um, that it comes, I think, with no, no even question. I don't think I even have to ask you that question. So guns, uh, constitutional carry in the state of South Carolina. Are you push? Are you for it? I'm for real constitutional carry. I'd love to get rid of the whole, you know, I'd love to get rid of NFA, honestly. I mean, I've, I, I, I believe a lot of the uh, stuff that we even consider constitutional carry is still unconstitutional infringements on my ability to carry. I, get a, I have a God-given right to carry, not a government-given right to I have a government-protected right to carry, not a government-allowed, you know. So I believe real constitutional carry is the answer. I think they're we have to. We do have to return to a uh, community that loves our neighbors, and we have to return to a community of gun owners that not only trains, but is is getting together with our neighbors to train tactically. We need to learn how to operate in fire team squads, communication between precincts. Because when the poop hits the fan, and I believe a collapse is coming, we need to be prepared. So I, I believe in real constitutional carry, absolutely. And that is outstanding to hear, and uh, I hope we get it too, so that would be reciprocal in all states, and I think uh, we need to get rid of a fe federal mandate that there should be a carry license or anything of that nature. I think it should extend across all 50 states, because the last time I checked, and I, I may have read the Second Amendment last night or the night before, but I can tell you that it doesn't say anything about carrying an ID across 50 states. That means you're okay to carry a weapon in 50 states. It just it clearly states that I have the right to bear arms. So with that... So, so obviously, I, I did not um, let Mick in on the conversation that you and I had prior to this interview since um, he just asked that question. But can you tell him a little bit about the, the 2A work that you do outside of your political career? Yeah, actually, I have a, a program uh, that is distributed by the New American Magazine. It's called 2A for Today. And 2A for Today is a program where I explore all things Second Amendment, all things that threaten, protect, and violate the God-given rights, Second Amendment protected rights of all Americans. And so Anything that that poison crap that's coming down from D.C., even states that are trying to, you know, put on their little Stalinist pants and and ring, wrangle people in. I, I try to put that stuff out there so people know what's happening and, you know, give people all around the, the country a little heads up because our, our opponents, they're not stupid. They're systematic. They're they're very political science folks, man. They're, they're looking. At, did it work over here a little bit? OK, we'll, we'll apply it over here, too. And so I wanted to have a program where you knew what was happening at the state fairs in, in Florida. You know what's happening in California and upstate, you know, where you get an idea of what's happening so that you can be prepared to defend against it.
Yeah, I always love their argument. Well, the the founders weren't carrying around AR-15s; they were carrying around muskets. That's hey, that's fine. I'll keep a musket. I'll keep a I'll keep a blunderbuss with some eight-inch grape shot. And because I'm sorry, if you've never seen what eight-inch grape shot does to the human body, it is something petrifying to watch. I'm all about that. We'll play that game. If you want to play that game, all about it. I will have my my house will look like a a, a ship at sea. No, <laughs> all no, over the place. No, Biden said. In, oh yeah, we in can't. We can't own he cannons. Said that That's right. When uh, when our founders wrote the Constitution, you weren't allowed to own a cannon. That's right. That's right. That's, that's not true full bolt bs it, it's not one. true a it's not true because B. in fact most of the cannons that were provided in the war in in the first war in the revolutionary right. were, were private cannons yep that were private citizens yep. donated them to the troops yep but not only that my thing with that is this if you don't want me to own a cannon um okay but and if he asked me, well, why do you need one? Why not? Yeah, why not? I want one. That's that's the reason. There's if, an al there's an alligator in our pond. <laughs> according to the constitution, actually, according to the constitution, according to everything else, uh, the militia can be armed with everything up into and including military military grade weapons. Bring on the nukes and the F-15. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the nukes, the nukes. Okay, listen. I mean, even that, like. That nuclear weapon. I couldn't believe Joe Biden said something to that effect. You yeah. know, you need some nuclear. If you're going to take on the U.S., you're going to need some nukes. And I'm like, did he just threaten to nuke American citizens? Is that what he's saying? That's it. I, I veiled threats. Veiled threats. I, <laughs> I thought that he was advertising for the Taliban on eBay because <laughs> right after that, he left like you know a billions of dollars worth of equipment. Uh, on you know in Afghanistan, just left it behind for them to sell back to us. So I, I mean, I thought it was just a you know an ad. Hey, you got fifteen million dollars? Go buy an F fifteen from the Taliban. Hey. Well, you know the reason why we have we've had like five million plus rapes, robberies, and violent assaults in America, and it's because our founders they got a, they had a beat on what it mean to, meant to be free, and we've forgotten what freedom actually means. Now, I, I think there's a distinction between freedom and liberty. I really do. Like freedom is like what a, a pirate has freedom. Liberty is freedom with restraints because you're a, a moral or a religious person, so you have inbuilt restraints. You're not trying to trespass people, right? But um, I'm sorry, I kind of forgot where I was heading there. But uh, the, okay, five million rapes, robberies, violent assaults. Here's the deal: our founders realized, and they put it in writing in our Constitution, that the only necessary thing. This is the only time in the entire Constitution the word "necessary" is used next to a duty. Is the militia? necessary for the security of a free state for free people like they understood that in order to be free people and to have security you had to have an armed populace because i mean truly if the guy's going to come and rob you and your family or whatever but you all of your neighbors are armed you're training regularly you're you know you're, you're, all your kids know how to shoot they're not coming to your neighborhood they're going down the street to the gun free zone they're going over there to, to pelosi's district they're going to go to chicago with the fish you know Beetlejuice, they're not coming here because we got our stuff together and our community is secure. And so we're, we're fighting for, we're lobbying for, my lobby is not somebody who's necessarily giving me money, but I'm lobbying for secure communities. I mean, the black community, the Hispanic community, the white community, the American community, it does not understand what it means to be secure because we've dropped the revelation that's written right there in our constitution. If we're gonna be secure, we gotta have an armed populace and trained. Yes. Tra trained is, is the utmost importance. You know, our uh, our high school 
son, our freshman, he's uh, he goes to the military high school here in Savannah and he's on the rifle team. And, um, you know, I, I wish that every school had a rifle team and that every child was required to at least, you know, learn how to take care of a weapon, load it, unload it and shoot it. Um, because that, it, because then they understand that it's not a toy and they'll respect it as such. It's a no brainer, yeah. right? That's brilliant. My kids have known that since they were, we, <laughs> yeah. anyway, uh, we lads. yes, <laughs> yes. So with that, the, uh, well, third question, third question, the biggest, uh, one of my biggest ones, at least abortion, are you for against arguments? Well, both yeah. My, my heart is to protect life inside the womb and outside the womb. I think that we've gotten to the point in our culture where we've embraced the spirit of death. I mean, how can we be, how can we call ourselves, you know, the city on a hill, uh, medically advanced. We are, uh, you know, we're, we are the, the preeminent example of technology and advancement and progressive and blah, blah. How can we actually say that when our solution to maybe growing up with po in poverty is like, you know, putting a baby in a blender, how can we honestly believe that we're so advanced and so bright, you know, Plato would be so proud of us because we, instead of like fixing the foster system, we're going to cut the babies up and sell their parts to science. I mean, we should be ashamed as Can, a culture that we've embraced I, death. I know? hate to interrupt you, but I just want to bring this up because when I say this, she's going to pull out some pom-poms with Zoe Warren and give you a <laughs> cheer. I swear to God, because you are the first politician that we've ever brought on here that has af actually said fixed the foster system. Yes. That I talk about that all the time because why is it so hard for Americans to adopt kids in America? Yet we have to go spend 50, 60 grand to China and adopt a kid from China. Yet we can't adopt a child from the United States. Why is it so difficult? Actually, you actually need to fix two systems. The yeah, first yeah. system is yes, the foster system. However, with that or in and out of that is the, is the child human services system yeah that whole thing has to be gutted from the inside torn apart and then put back together because there are two and a half million people currently waiting for a baby to adopt in the united states that have already passed all of the very rigorous checks that the government puts on them in order to be able to adopt and they can't and there are more babies that are murdered every month every i mean every week then there are people that are currently on the adoption list. It, it is just ridiculous. And these poor kids that are in the foster care system, you know, they are so many of them. And uh, we talked to, uh, like I said, Sam Hall last night, um, uh, Ameri American Patriot, American for Patriot Militia. Yeah. And, uh, and he's working against child sex trafficking. And we were talking with him about this as well. And he's saying that these kids that are trafficked, I asked him what happened to them. Well, if they can't be reunited with their families, which most of them can't, they go into the foster care system and they literally, and I've been saying this for years and he verified it last night, they go in the front door and they go right out the back door and they get trafficked again because these foster care homes are not all of them. There are, there are a few good ones, but so many of them are just they're they're a, a feeder system right into right back into child trafficking yeah. and it's it's such a horrible thing you know they they he said he said stuff like six really to eleven of the kids uh, between six and eleven kids uh well between all of the kids he's seen um 
he said anywhere from six to 11% of them have been trapped. This is not their first time. Yeah. This is their second, third time being trafficked. They were in the foster system. They were pushed right back out the back door. They were put right back into, you know, trafficking. And this is the, you know, second, third, fourth time that they're getting picked up by his group. And he said, you know, some of these kids, uh, he said, it's scary because we're on a first name basis with some of them. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's, that's yeah. really ridiculous when you look at it, but that I'm telling you right now, you, you just want her. Um, that, <laughs> yeah. that's huge though. That's a big deal though. I want people to understand what, what you're talking about there to yeah. fix the ab adoption, to stop abortion. We have to fix the adoption in the foster care system. We have to fix all of that. That yeah. is a huge step forward. And I, 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 because I applaud are, you. There's not a lot of people that say that. Children are the most precious gift that we can ever have. And that's, and that's why we fight so hard, right? You know, we, we, we fight for the kids. Everything we do is for the children. I mean, we've, you know, we've, we've lived our lives. We're in our mid forties. We've got two kids. Our whole focus, our whole goal is to make this world better for them. Yeah. Not for us. We don't matter anymore. It's, it's about them. So tell me how many times have you thought that, you know, you wanted to make clothes or buy clothes that you wanted to feel good about wearing? You know, it's really disturbing these days going shopping because there's constantly in the back of my head, is is this company, you know, contributing to the deep state? Is this one supporting the evil in our world? I don't know who to buy from anymore. So we went ahead because we told you a long time ago that we were going to bring only companies that we thought were patriot oriented, believe the same thing we believed, push the same values that we push. And uh, we found uh, we found a bunch. And one of the ones, our first ever sponsor was Cultural Life 1972. Cultural Life 1972 supports the culture of life, not a culture of death, folks. So uh, they are completely, um, they're against abortion and uh, they believe in the movement to get rid of abortion and uh, Roe v. Wade and everything else so that we can go back to a, a culture of life. Their money, 33% uh, of their profits go directly to the culture of life and they support um, anti-abortion foundations that have been doing this for a hot minute since 1972. And the reason that it is 1972 is because why? Because Roe v. Wade was uh, put into law in 1973, which was when the culture of death in America started. So we're, we changed from a culture of life to a culture of death. So if you go to col1972.com, you can also sign up for her email list and you can get the naughty nice list. So uh, she'll send you a list of the companies that support the evil deep state and the ones that fight against it. And that's a, a pretty important list to have these days. And, and Carla, she's a great friend of the show. She's been helping us out from the get go. Uh, we told her that we would support her here because I agree with what she's doing. I believe in what she's doing. Furthermore, not only do I believe in it, but uh, we've gone as far as to buy a couple products ourselves. And uh, it's actually amazing quality. I wore the t-shirt yesterday. It's so soft and comfy. You know, sometimes you put on a t-shirt and you're like, okay, I, this might last for, you know, five or six wearings. This, this, this is going to last. I mean, this is good quality. It's made in America. Um, it ships to you and, uh, you don't have to worry about it sitting off the coast of somewhere in a ship coming from China. It's actually made here in America. So that's, uh, that's another really important thing these days. So folks, again, culturealife1972.com use promo code Patriot party, and that will save you up to 10% off your order. All right. Thank you. And that, that brings me actually to another question. You brought up uh, critical race theory and education in South Carolina. And my, my son said to me, my little one, and we are homeschooling him because we would not put him back into school in a mask. Um, 
even though he was in private school, this particular school required a mask. We wouldn't do it. And so we're homeschooling him this year and he's doing awesome. But he was talking to one of his friends who's still in school and they, they like to compare, you know, what they're learning in school versus what he's learning in homeschool. He's about six months ahead of where they're at now. That's okay. That's great. You know, we, we don't have to play catch up waiting for everyone else to, to learn things. Um, but, uh, there we're, we're all learning about the American revolution right now. And, uh, and his friend asked the teacher, what about the declaration of independence? And she said, well, that's not important anymore. Hmm. That's, that's not important. The declaration of independence isn't important anymore. Hmm. Right. And that is just such a travesty. Like they're, they're just indoctrination camps. You can't even call them education systems anymore. And what they're using with critical race theory, they are teaching our children from the very beginning that it's not about what's in their heads. It's not about what's in their hearts. It's about what, what color their skin is. Exactly. They are teaching our children racism. And what you said about porn in the schools, they're teaching our kids to have sex right? You teach children these things at a young age, they're going to want to do it because kids are curious. Um, and, and I, you know, they use things like race and religion and politics to divide us. Yeah. More people like you and, and us need to have conversations like this because we are not different, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're purple and I'm green. It doesn't matter. It is not about the color of your skin. It is about the content of your character. Like Martin Luther Luther King King said it best. And And the Democrats are the real racists because they're the ones that are screaming about race all the time. Is that that the MLK Jr. quote? I I hope it is. I really do. (laughs) I'm going to put that on LinkedIn. That was all part of it. (laughs) So on on a more serious note, I do do a lot of driving between Savannah and South Carolina. I do a lot of work in South Carolina, especially in the low country area in South Carolina. Um, One of the things I always notice driving to work, uh, especially going to a client's house, possibly fix their garage door, um, is how horrible the roads are in South Carolina. So being that, seeing that you're going to be the lieutenant governor or possibly will be the lieutenant governor, hopefully here shortly. Um, and your governor running mate, their uh, trucker, uh, trucker Bob, you guys, he should know, he should know better than anybody else about the roads in South Carolina and the difference between the roads in South Carolina and the roads in North Georgia, Northwestern Georgia or Northeastern Georgia, whatever you want to call us. Um, and there's a big difference, especially on 95, where you go from two lanes to three lanes in Georgia. What are the plans for, and I understand that 95 is federal. I got you on that. But what are the plans for South Carolina to fix the roads, fix all the infrastructure that Joe Biden's touting? Of course, we all know that the money's not really going to go to infrastructure. Well, where we think infrastructure is. Um, but where, where, what about the state? What is the state's plans for fixing any yeah. roads? Yeah, we're still working on developing that plan. I do have a couple of notes, though. Like I, I, I try to make it my point to, to learn as much as I can, as often as I can, about things I don't know. And so I went to a local elected official here. I made friends with them. I won't bring his name up. I don't know if he wants to be associated with our campaign or not yet, because I don't want him to be a stench in the nostrils of someone who he might have to, you know, Completely. kiss the hand of later. <laughs> you know? So, but But I did talk with him about the roads and... And, and, and he showed me the picture is that in South Carolina, there are literally, literally, there are people that have been waiting 75 years to get their roads paved. 
And at that time, there was a, a certain politician in our Senate, in the uh, South Carolina State Legislature, who had five miles of freshly paved road in front of his house. Our system is broken. And it's not irreparable, but it's broken because there's no system by which the hands can be tied so that crony activity and corruption cannot take place. Like you can put things in front of other things and continue to do that within the system right now. And so, I mean, one of the problems is the watchdogs that we should have in place aren't in place. I mean, right now we got 99 pages of unfilled boards, expired board appointments and commissions in South Carolina. 99 pages, guys. Some of these, some of the board appointments right now were appointed by Nikki Haley. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So uh, where's the oversight? Where's the advisory? Where is the executive branch? You know, the problem is that, I mean, truly our executives have been derelict. And so our roads are just, a, I mean, it's just a consequence. There are places, and I mean, this is a real indictment. There are places along that 95 corridor um, where you can't even drink the water. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you mean along in the, 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 like the, the rest, rest stops. areas? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I completely we, we agree. generally just don't <clears throat> stop there. So, but that, what is that? That's an indictment of our, uh, and it's, and it's, I, I'm not saying that's an easy fix, but it certainly should be like the focus of an administration, especially if you're going to put up billboards talking about how you had a billion dollar surplus last year. I mean, I was driving down the road, right? Bump it, bump it, bump it, bump it. I'm on I-26. You know, it's federal road. I understand. Then I get off. I'm on another road, and it's, this is this is me the entire ride home. I'm looking at billboards talking about a billion dollar surplus. Like, well, man, I sure do wish I could have some of that for my suspension. You know, <laughs> <laughs> my tires. I mean, truly. I, uh, I, you know, I remember as a kid, uh, we would drive from New York to Florida to go to Disney World. One of the places my dad always had to stop was south of the border. Yeah. I remember when south of the border was this like larger than life. Like we drove all night one night. I remember this one day we drove all night. We got in some ungodly hour in the morning and uh, my dad laid down, got like four or five hours of sleep and the rest of us, you know, younger kids, we were all just racked out. So we just all Poor went to the boys. bed. So we got up the next morning and I remember looking out at south of the border, like, I had no idea of this place of what south of the border was. And I just remember how great it looked. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. I was like, is this our vacation? And my dad's like, no. And then he goes and he hands us the, the Disney stuff. And I was like, but I don't want to go there. I want to stay here. This is cool. I want to go up in the, in the hat. And I remember back then some of the potholes. And those potholes are still there today. Yeah. I, I was like, this, that was like almost 30 something years ago. I was like, the same pothole is still there. I was like, uh, you guys got to do something about this. But well, I get it. You're not in office yet. I know you're not in office yet. I was just wondering to see if you guys had a plan yet for that. And, there is uh, an answer. There is an answer. The answer is, and I, I haven't, like I said, we haven't formulated fully, but we're fleshing out ideas. One of those ideas that I was talking with that, that gentleman about is, you know, having a system, a grading system for different roads in different areas. And where there's the most need, they get put to the front. They don't get just put to the front simply because of the tax base. But obviously that will affect, you know, how much we can do, where we can do it. But the point is that our legislature has to actually put out money for the roads. Our county officials don't even have anything to do with it, really. 
So we got a huge systemic issue, you know? Uh, so solving it is, I mean, it's, it's going to be a task, but I think we can start by having graded zones. And so if, if, if you grade this zone and it, it's a D, then it needs to be moved to the front of the list, you know? Yep. I, I completely agree. That's a great idea. And and probably you should ask for citizens to input. Like, yeah, citizens yeah. input on that. So, you know, you, you put the call out, hey, if you if you got a bad road near you that needs to be fixed, let us know. We'll send someone out to evaluate it. And then then you can really focus on what's the worst because the people that drive up and down that road every day are going to be the ones like, hey, uh, I, this pothole swallowed my car 10 years ago and I, I just drove over the roof of it in my new car. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, we, we seriously though we did really have those problems in New York. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, actually, the last time we went to New York, I saw the same rusted out truck at the base of the GW that it's I saw been there, there for 40 years. Yeah, for, literally since since we moved out of there yeah. when we were kids. So, wow, wow. um, it, it's it's not uh it's not localized to South Carolina that you know that that infrastructure money hasn't actually gone to infrastructure for our entire lifetimes so which is why everything's collapsing so as we talked about already with 2020 uh and 2018 or 2016 um electronic voting uh your stance on electronic voting because obviously here and we referred to you obviously by candace so you know candace's stance on electronic voting which we completely fully support your stance on electronic voting more importantly, your stance on the machines, the machines themselves, the um, Dominion, Dominion, voting Dominion voting machines. If you are, and if you are to technology, if you and Trucker Bob are to make it to uh, Columbia, make it to the state house as governor and lieutenant governor, what are your plans for Dominion and Smartmatic technology? Yeah, we, we have ESNS, so I mean, we got like a derivative of that garbage. What, there's no need for it. I mean, it's it's the dumbest thing in the world, man. I'm gonna. I'm just going to bring it back to the very atomic level, okay? The minutia. In a voting pre yeah, the minu in, in a voting precinct, you got about 1000 to 1500 houses, okay? In a voting precinct. And you generally have about one and a half to two voters per house. If we can't count 2000 to 3000 votes right at our voting precinct, then we got way bigger problems in America. <laughs> I mean, way bigger problems. If we can't just have have five people count 3,000 votes with some oversight right there, there could be a jump castle out front, paper ballots. I mean, it's, it, it's a no-brainer. It, it's the dumbest thing in the world for me to think that, you know, we have gotten to this point where so we've gotten to the point where we think we need a machine to count 3,000 votes in a voting precinct. Get out of here. And, and, you know, a lot of people give, and this is one of my big arguments too. A lot of, you know, a lot of this really got started 2016. All right. Because uh, actually, I mean, we go back further than that. 2004, um, or actually correction, 2000, when George Bush was elected and we had the big hubaloo hub about Bernard how. County in Florida. Yes. About the, the hanging chads and everything yeah. else. Florida was so quick to jump on the electronic voting machine system. Yeah. They were very quick. They were like that. And if you have noticed in every election since 2000, Florida's results have gotten turned in earlier, 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 and earlier to just 
last election, I mean, Florida was almost the first state out, like within an hour of closing the polls. That's why they couldn't cheat as much as they wanted to. That's one of the things I do like about Florida system. However, at the same time, what I like about Florida system is it is a truly closed system. It only communicates within itself. It's not hooked up to the internet. They have to run special equipment and everything else and broadband signals and everything else so that they can only talk to other machines. They cannot talk to uh, China. China or they can't talk to Smartmatic or wherever the votes are going. So <clears throat> I, I like Florida system in that. Um, but I don't trust electronic voting just as a voter. Hey, I, I don't think it's necessary. You know, it's just not necessary. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. You're no, no you're, you're not. You're good. You're I was going to say Donald, Donald Trump said, um, and we're big supporters as well, although we do not agree with his recent stance on vaccines. His most recent stance where he didn't mention it at all were, was getting better. But before that, pushing it all anyway. <laughs> He was getting booed at his own rallies, I think, when he talked about it. Yes, he really, he really was. But, but he said, if you don't want to get hacked, don't use anything electronic. And everyone made fun of him for it. Oh, you can't. And, and they thought that he was talking to, you know, speaking in, um, because it was when, like, the, they were saying the Russians were hacking the, the pipelines and this, that, and the other. And, and that's, that's true, too. But uh, it, it very well applies to voting. You don't want to get hacked. Don't use it electronically. So there simple. you go. Yeah. So simple. So, I mean, uh, uh, the, the name of that group, too, because I want to give them a plug South Carolina Safe Elections Group. They've been doing a lot of hard work. I mean, truly, the, the event we went to today, we had about four or five legislators come. They, gave, they sent out invitations to all the legislators, and only four or five came. So, I mean, it, we, what we have is a problem, a deficit of virtue in South Carolina. Moral courage is at an all time low. You know, we drive around on E when it comes to moral courage. In South Carolina. Yeah, we like to call that testicular fortitude. <laughs> well, I think that I think I think that some of their wives have more testicular fortitude than <laughs> theirs is still up on the, the yeah. refrigerator yeah. and the jar, <laughs> the mason jar in the fridge. In the but, purse next to the double mint. <laughs> yeah. Um, so since since I mentioned China, you know, China's here in Georgia, especially because we live in close to Savannah um, and right on the ports. And China is a very big yeah. driver here in Georgia um, to to great concern. Um, South Carolina, maybe not as much, but I think China is really a great concern to the entire country right now. Even now, the Democrats have figured it out. Even George Soros has figured it out. Oh, my God, China's actually a threat to democracy. Um, how how are you going to deal with that kind of a threat when you're uh, in the state house? Well, for me, the threat is democracy. And so uh, we don't we don't have a democracy. We don't have majority mob rule here, you know. And I think that's what they really want. They want to try to create that. And and to be honest with you, I think that's who's bankrolling their attempts is China. I, I think that we need to stop China's ability to buy up our farmlands. There, there has to be some limit because I, I could argue that, well, Chinese people are just humans. They're just like Americans. And I, you know, I can make that case too. But generally speaking, the Chinese that can get out of the country and buy stuff in other countries actually work for the CCP. Most of them are connected some way, shape, or form to the Chinese government. And so it's not the same. We can't let our, you know, uh, naivety and foolish kind of, you know, trying to make everything, everything. Like, I don't know, we, we, like, we, like we live in some uh, imaginary world where 
everybody's trying to do what's good, that, that stuff's got to go. We have to look at every single situation as a potential threat to our Constitution, a threat to our way of life, a threat to the American ethos, a threat to liberty. And, and then, I mean, I understand in the court of law, we have to give people the innocent until proven guilty, right? But that's in the court of law. My wife, I don't want her thinking everybody's innocent until proven guilty. I want her thinking everybody's guilty until they're proven innocent because she's got to make sure my kids are safe. You know, let me be the one who thinks you're innocent until proven guilty because I'll cut your throat. You know, I'll, I'll end your life if you're not really innocent. <laughs> but my wife and my kids and all that we value that's precious to us, the reason why we go and give our blood, I mean, on the battlefield, the reason why we take up arms to stop foreign invaders and we're going to try to pretend like they wouldn't come here, you know, hooded and masked up, looking like us and take over. That's just foolishness. We have to address the, the threats as the, as threats. And I think that letting, you know, the CCP come and buy up all of our properties is a threat. That's all there is to it. And with that, I'm going to guess that your, your, your stance on the vaccine and mandating the vaccine across the state is probably about where mine is, which is like null and void. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's negative, man. I have had people that have died, that have been killed. I've, I've, I have friends right now who... Um, like they're, they're, they let their nephew get the vaccine and they're paralyzed from the waist level down now. You know, my friends and my family, um, you know, coercion to take a vaccine, that's out of control. Now, if you want to go take it up, whatever you want to do, go for it. You know, there are some uh, medications you'll pop like a pill that I, I'm not going to take. If you want to take it, you'd be free. You know, I, I like my ADD. <laughs> it helps me edit video. Okay. But... <laughs> <laughs> you guys do whatever you want. I don't want it. You know, so the reality is that I think it should be voluntary. Any compulsion under threat of penalty is a violation of your bodily autonomy. You should have the liberty to decide what you want to do with your body. You know, I think we should be protecting the elderly. We should be protecting the at risk, everything we can to, to, to protect them. I think if the government would approach it that way from the very beginning, like we all said, and then encourage all the rest of us, you know, to to participate in helping them. You know, let's get let's get a meal train going. Let's do you know whatever the case may be, so you can take care of those around you. Keep your eyes open to the people that you know have had issues. Make sure they're okay. And I think we would have probably had a different response even to the vaccine. People probably would have gone and taken it, but because of the fact that it was coercion and there was manipulation, there was no transparency. There was you know we're going to rush it through. We're going to make you gaslight you. Even though people are getting mild heart, mild but permanent heart damage, we're going to pretend like it's not happening. And that's why people are like, hell no. This looks like every other government-run healthcare scam in history. But that that's exactly what it is. I mean, it other is. than I mean, I, trust me, I served for 21 years in the military. I know what government healthcare is like. Um, it is not it's not something everybody wants. I can tell you that right now from speaking from experience. Um, and you know, something you said about uh, about it being voluntary. I think one of the biggest parts of it being voluntary is informed consent. And that's something that we don't have right now with the vaccines because they still have yet to release the ingredient list uh, or really any of the data that's now been pushed to, to March um, for them to release the, the trial data that's showing more and more, more people died that got the vaccine in the trials than got the placebo that right. I mean, that should have stopped it in its tracks, but of course it, it, it didn't. Um, I, Speaking of which, I'm sorry, mm, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, by uh, all means, go ahead. We're actually fighting the DOD vaccine mandate currently. 
Um, I'm, I'm working with a group of a, co a coalition of citizens and guardsmen and also legislators. And uh, we went and saw the tag last week. Uh, they had a meeting with the governor on Tuesday that I could not be a part of because obviously we're running against the dude and they were kind of concerned that he'd see me in retreat. And so, <laughs> but the reality is that I wasn't there because I'm running. I, I actually was helping this particular family long before I even had any conception of running. And this family, her husband was get on the way to retirement against his conscience. He was coerced into taking the vaccine. I mean, it, it was the hardest thing that him and his family had to go through, you know, and then he came home. I think, you know, um, it, it caused him and his wife to even have static because they had agreed together, but it was just too much pressure on them. And there's a lot of families that that, that kind of thing's happening to. There are flight surgeons who are resistant or rejecting the vaccine. There are people who fly planes that are saying, listen, if I get mild but permanent heart damage, that means I lose two careers because yep. I'm going to have a class one medical examination and they're going to see things that I don't even have symptoms of. And they're going to say, I can't fly anymore. And if I take an EUA vaccine under the PrEP Act declaration, I'm going to have even less recompense. There's no way I can get any, 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 uh, they don't have any liability. So I can't get anything back from them for harming me if I get harmed. And right now the DOD, they have a sleight of hand, a shell mm -hmm. game. They're yep. saying they're, they're only mandating an FDA vaccine when in reality they don't have any, I mean, they may have some, but they haven't been able to prove it. There's a case in, uh, in Florida, 12 November, 2021, where the judge said, listen, if you got some, show them. If you got it, keep, where's your receipts? And the DOD couldn't bring them out. The DOD said they were running off of the FDA, FDA's interchangeability uh, note in the fact sheet or whatever. And the FDA didn't even create the fact sheet. The manufacturer does. The fact sheet's not made by anybody who cares about you. It's made by people who want to sell a drug. Yep. And so now we got an EUA vaccine that our service members are being coerced into taking as if though it's FDA approved. And everybody who's participating in that if they know it because we told you, then you will be liable when we come out with it because it's coming out and it's going to come out and you're going to go down. And so you're harming our citizens in South Carolina for no reason. It doesn't have to be. Some of them have natural immunity. Some of them would take an FDA approved vaccine if you could produce it. So stop lying and produce it. You know, anyway, so they're, they're separating a lot of our service members right now. Yep. And I, I consider it an illegal act. An illegal act following a legal order. You know, the, the, that's the shell game. The legal order is you must take the FDA vaccine. The illegal act is, but I don't have any FDA, but you can just take this. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good well, replacement. That's, that's what I was going to get at. It's actually, per the letter of the military law, it's an illegal order followed up by an illegal act. The illegal order is that you have to take the FDA-approved vaccine. Well, there's not an FDA-approved vaccine, so therefore you can't take it. So that's an illegal order right there. And you have a moral obligation as a soldier, sailor, airman, or Marine to stand there and say, no, because I don't have to do this. And this is an illegal order. And this may cause harm to myself or somebody else. No, I'm not going to take this. That is the illegal order. The illegal act is that they're still doing it. They're actually giving the injection and they're saying, no, 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 this is, I, it's like, uh, I, you're, <laughs> we're right there. We're on the same. Listen, I, 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 listen, this is what we've been trying to counsel our guardsmen. Okay. Anybody we can tell if you're hearing me, I'm not trying to say I'm not a lawyer. I'm not giving you legal advice, but what I am telling you is this, that what you need to do is go down to medical and say, I'm here to take 
what I've been ordered to take, which is an FDA-approved vaccine. And if they say, okay, great, when they bring it out, as soon as they bring it out, say, okay, I need to make sure that this is exactly what I was ordered to take so I do not violate the order. Because the order was that I take an FDA-approved vaccine. So if it's not the FDA-approved vaccine, I will be violating the order if I take it. That is such a... <laughs> damn. Damn, I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is the and have best. them prove it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I Show me. I'm like the state of Missouri. Show yeah, me, show baby. Me. <laughs> show me. I am the state of Missouri. I want to see it. Let me see the receipts. Let me see the facts. I want to take a photo of this because the, guess what? When they pull out that little sheet, I've already seen it. When they pull out that little sheet inside the box that's wrapped around the vial that the actual vaccine's in, the facts it's blank. It's blank. Intentionally left blank. Yeah. And, and they have the ability to do that because they say, because if it's a real emergency and everybody's falling out in the streets, they can put it in some collective place that you can go look at. Yep. It's actually in the law. that that's what the, And it's ridiculous because we're not in an emergency. People are filling stadiums right now. Why are we still under a PrEP Act declaration? Thank you. Why is Governor Newsom walking around the state of California without a mask on, taking pictures with Magic Johnson, and still uh, oh. his state's walking around all wearing masks? No, I'm no, completely no, no. confused. He he held his breath. Oh, he's holding his breath. Yeah, he That's held right. his, he That's held why his I looked breath. a little blue. Okay, no, it was a little, it was, little okay. green in the gills. Gotcha. <laughs> so, I, I know hold, on, hold on, hold on. I have, one, I have one more question before we get off the, the vaccine thing. Um, uh, I believe it was Kansas that just passed a bill um, and I think New, and New Hampshire has one up as well, um, letting them sell ivermectin over the counter. Glorious. Uh, Iver and hydroxychloroquine as well, that they're, they're allowing them to sell ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine over the counter. Um, and, uh, and you know, I, I'm sure the government's going to have all kinds of issues with it because they're saying it's not FDA approved and the state's like, we don't care. Uh, this is our right. We're, we're doing it. Um, is that something that, that you guys would take under consideration when you get in office, let people have ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine over the counter? Oh yeah. Uh, Dr. Dr. Robert Jackson, who he spoke at the Senate medical affairs committee, and he also was in the meeting here with us last week, talking to the tag about it. Um, and I mean, truly it, I mean, this stuff's been around for a long time. I mean, it got a Nobel prize, right. In the last five years, yep. it's, 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 they're using it all over the place as a prophylactic and have been for a long time. I mean, truly, the biggest problem I face, I mean, is, of course, we want to make that happen. Uh, the answer to your question is yes. But we need to punish someone. Someone needs to be punished for coming up with a concept that we should let somebody that has a sickness just get worse for a couple of weeks when we know by day five or seven they're going to have inflammation. And we're not even going to try to help them with their inflammation until it gets so bad that they got to be you know, put in the hospital. Sorry, Fauci. <clears throat> yeah. My bad. Oh. Stick him in the hospital, give him remdesivir, put him on a vent until they die. Uh, because the hospital then gets paid out between 35 and $50,000. That, that was my, my question going to be, are, are, um, I hope to God that you and Trucker Bob are going to stop that right there, right dead in his tracks, this crap about doctors getting paid more to stick somebody on a ventilator and pump them full of remdesivir instead of starting treatments that will actually help save the person. They life. actually get paid when the patient dies. Yeah. They get paid a bonus yeah. when the patient yeah. dies. If they've been on remdesivir an event, they learn this through what they call the vegetable garden. And I'm so thankful that I want to be on helping with the office of aging. 
there were some orderlies back in 2009, 2010 that were involved in like helping kidnap this man's mother. And I, he came to me to ask for help. I, I worked for ABC Columbia at the time as a, as a, a photog. But I, I went and started, you know, documenting his case. And one of the orderlies called it the vegetable garden because what they do is they do everything they can to get these patients, these elderly patients, into the category of um, dementia because then they get more money from the federal government. And they just suck the, the, the money from the government that they get from multiple sources um, until those people die. And they call it the vegetable garden because that's their harvest. They learned it there. They learned that. And so one of the things that we're going to do, God willing, we're going to work to with all of our ability with the pulpit we have been given and the power that we have to effectuate tort reform. Right now, there's a cap of like $350,000 in South Carolina. That's all you can sue a hospital for. We're going to take that cap off. Amen. I so know. that way, you hit them with it. I mean, because right now, 350000 bucks. I mean, you can, that's a, you pay that to get some oral surgery, you know? You pay that to get your, your, your gallbladder taken out or something. That, that, they, they pay that as a cost of doing business. That's just chump change for these hospital systems. So we're going to hit them with their pockets. Hit them in their pockets. Well, that's what their heart is, right? Hit them with their heart is in their pocket because yeah. they'll stop doing it. I, we don't really want them to have to pay out. We want them to stop doing it. And unless yeah. we have something in place that will prevent them from doing it, they won't stop doing it. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. You know, so we give God praise and we just thank God, yeah, that people are getting well. It's only eternity that will be able to see all the people that we touched. So I tell everybody, please don't wait till you get sick. Don't wait till you can't breathe. Everybody needs to have hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin in their medicine cabinet. Get it. Go on our website, drstellarmd.com. Use promo code DEFIANT. You get 5% off. If you don't get it, if you wait till you get sick, by the time we mail it to you, it might be two or three days and you'll be going through serious panic. People have ended up in the hospital because they didn't know this information. Share the information with everybody you know. Give them the promo code DEFIANT. It doesn't matter. Even they don't watch this show. So that they can get this thing, keep it in their medicine cabinet. We don't know what else is going to happen. The last time I heard there was a fluoro, they had fluorona, they had Delta Crown, they had Omni, Delta Alpha. It looks like they just cook up something at Davos and then create some name and throw it out there and start harassing us. So just make sure whether it's fluorocron, delta cron, or whatever, or omnicron, they are all sensitive to hydroxychloroquine and isomectin. Here is the part, here is the thing, right? There are some doctors that are hydroxychloroquine only. There are some other doctors that are ivermectin only. Yep. There are other ones that are destinite only. That's not what we do. When we get somebody gets sick, we have a whole cocktail. We give them hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, budesonide. We give them uh, a Z pack. We give them baby aspirin to stop them from getting blood clots. We give them a steroid to stop the inflammation. We give them so you know something. So it's a whole cocktail. It's not one medicine. And People I always tell me, well, I got sick, and what do I do? What should I increase my dose? I said, no. Go back to the website. Sign up as a, a repeat patient and get treated properly. Uh, I know you're a busy guy. I know you got a lot going on. Where are you going to be in the next couple of days? Where Where would you like to put out there to say, hey, if you want to hear more of this uh, type speak, come see us at these locations? Well, I, I want to, first of all, uh, talk about some events we have coming up on the 12th and the 13th with our friend, the next governor of Georgia, Candace Taylor. Uh, yeah, she's invited. Outstanding. I'm going to look it up right now so I can say it. Unless you guys can say it or you have something you can put up. 
Yeah, we'll we'll actually we'll be speaking there. So on the the twelfth, uh, let me see if I which is something. next Saturday. It's at the uh, the seventeen rod rod and gun, gun club. club. Yep. Um, and then on seventeen South rod and seventeen gun club. South rod and gun club. Uh, from two to five, and then on the thirteenth, it's in Pembroke. Um, from three to five, I believe. I'm actually. I'm not quite sure where in Pembroke though. I know we got the flyer somewhere. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm trying to find it. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't have it in front of me. I'm, I'm not from that area, so I'm not sure the name of the location we're going in Pembroke. And so I'm trying to pull that up now. Okay, so yeah, the Rod and Gun Club. Okay, that one's the Freedom Rally. Yeah. And, uh, these, and these are fundraisers too, guys. So I want to encourage you, please, listen, if you really love liberty, then it, we have to put our money and our energy where our heart is, you know, and if you got a candidate that's going to champion our cause of liberty, they, they, they need money. That's why I'm, go, I'm, go, I'm driving there. Nobody's paying me to go and I'm giving my time and my life. I might take my family with me because I, I love them to be with me just to help Candace. Hopefully we can say something that encourages you, inspires you, gives you some hope and encouragement and, and it provokes you to help Candace by, you know, funding her, campaign because she she needs it we all need it uh, but i'm doing this because i you know she asked me to and on the 12th and the 13th we'll be speaking in order for our people to to, to come together with some finances to make sure that we can uh, run effective campaigns and this one these are for candace so please you know Absolutely. bring your wallets bring your pocketbooks bring your checkbooks <laughs> we're actually uh we're putting together some um some items for her her auction I'll uh, I'll be hitting up Mick's boss for uh, a donation there, and and I put together baskets every Christmas for my friends and family of all items of local vendors because I like to support local businesses. So I'll be putting together a couple baskets that uh, that as well um, for uh, her silent auction. So anyone that's uh, in the Georgia or South Carolina area and wants to come to Candace's events, uh, there we go, uh, and and meet Zoe in person and meet us and you know get some awesome items in their silent auction, then by all, by all means, come on down. We'll be advertising that a lot actually in the yeah. next couple of days as well. So, um, the 13th, there it is. I, I obviously I can't adjust that, fantastic. but no worries. It's and, the and, rally at Lucille Bell farm. So, so you guys know. Lucille Bell farm. Fantastic. Um, and actually the, the, the rally on the 12th is just a couple minutes down the road from our house. Um, so I'm excited to meet your family. Our boys are going to be there as well. Uh, we're bringing our puppy. It's, it's going to be a blast. So, um, I'm, I'm seriously considering throwing a, an after party after the event. So doing dinner, maybe a pool party, our pool's heated. So, uh, you and your wow. family are more than welcome to come. We'll, uh, we'll have a little, a little housewarming pool party after Candace's event. Um, you know, grill some, grill some uh, burgers and dogs and whatnot. So, you know, come, come on down, come for dinner afterwards. It'll be a blast. That sounds great. That was, I mean, I, I had planned to go over to Hilton Head to a friend's, but now I'm like, oh, <laughs> that sounds so much better. <laughs> I hadn't said anything to make, but I like to do these things on air so that he can't, you know, deny so I, me. I, yeah, I can't, I can't back out of it. Don't you love how that one works? I just can't back out of it. I do it all the time. <laughs> that is how I got the donation for his boss in there, too. <laughs> you are a political strategist. Yes. <laughs> she's, she's scarier than I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fantastic. So, uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you got a website going. Yes. If you look up Zoe Warren and you look for the black guy, 
because it's just a bunch of white women <laughs> on LinkedIn, you'll find me. Uh, yep. If you go, if you go on Facebook, it's facebook.com backslash God's Plain Truth TV. Or you can also, you don't have to do God's Plain Truth TV. That's just the easiest one. That's the name of the newsletter and the ministry of the media ministry we had when we were traveling overseas a lot. But you can also just look up VIC. My wife's first name is Victoria. So it's Vic Zoe Warren. Um, we're on Telegram. I'm on Telegram. I don't know how to tell you that one. Okay. <laughs> I think it's Zoe for SC if okay. you go on Telegram. And um, and post it in our, in our Telegram chat so that our listeners can find it as well. And don't forget, if, you, if you're really looking for me and you can't find me through all those channels, you can just go online and Google 2A4, the word 4, F-O-R, 2A4 today, 2A4 today, and put, type in Zowarn, and it'll, it'll get you right to me. Outstanding. So uh, I appreciate you coming on tonight. We appreciate you coming on tonight. And uh, Yeah, this was fantastic. Yes. So. Uh, you... Uh, <laughs> You, yeah. you said a lot of the right things. I could tell you that right now. <laughs> if I were a South Carolina voter, I would uh, definitely be attending a couple more rallies to hear the rest of what Trucker Bob's got to say. Um, you're definitely a, a great uh, running mate, obviously. I actually would love to have Trucker Bob on here. I, I actually love to have both of you on here just to get both of you just to watch the rap back and forth because I bet – that gets out there and more people, people realize that you're real and you're not just some being that they see on TV, on the television program that's been programmed <laughs> to take over their minds. Um, if they can actually see you being a real person, man, you get so much more. It's, it's credibility. It's everything. It's what you need. It's, I would think political clout, um, which a lot of people don't see politicians that way because they're just, and I, I'm not saying that you're a politician either. I never offend you that way. I'm just saying, in the political arena, that is something that a lot of people don't get because you always come off so brushed and polished that nobody, nobody's so everybody's so afraid of offending somebody else or so on and so forth. This that that stuff, as far as I'm concerned, has got to stop because it's yeah. this is all about who you are as a person when you boil it all down. And as we're finding out, our politicians are not who we thought they were when we sent them to Washington or oh. wherever, uh, whether it be Atlanta, Columbia, wherever, uh, especially you know. Here in Georgia, we got a big issue with Brian Kemp, but that's that, for Georgia that's a politics. Whole different thing. <laughs> but either yeah. again, either way, again, we really do appreciate you coming on tonight, and uh, I hope this gets you some more voters. I really do. Yeah. I hope this uh, hopes. I hope this helps spread your word. Yeah, we've got a lot of friends in South Carolina, and I will certainly be passing this interview on to them so they can pass it on to their friends. In fact, I worked in South Carolina. Uh, last summer, because before the mandates, I used to run a hotel and uh, I ran a hotel here in Savannah and I got furloughed and um, mm. they they needed help in South Carolina at their Hilton Head property because all of their team came down with COVID. So and mm. since I'd already had it, I, I got to go work in South Carolina for the summer. Um, it was Hilton Head is a, a very interesting community. Um not not necessarily my cup of tea, but definitely uh, um, an experience to to say the least. But I did make a lot of friends there, and um, and and we have a, a bunch of listeners there. So, yes, we do. So we will yeah. definitely uh, we look forward to to spreading the word about your campaign because I think you're going to do great things for South Carolina. So, well, I'm honored. I'm honored to be on here. I mean, truly, it's who I am. Everything you heard is is me. It's I'm I'm unapologetic. I'm a pundit. I'm a commentary, a documentarian. And, and, uh, I mean, I get banned off of social media often, but so I've tried to learn how to kind of be a little more tactful, I guess, <laughs> but I'm still, you know, still me. 
Yeah, so we, I, we, I really appreciate the honor. We we don't know. We we got banned off of Facebook. Um, I got banned January seventh. So. Yeah, yeah, and I got banned in July. Um, I, I happened to try to open my phone while we were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. And so go figure. There it goes. So yeah, I was I was there. It was amazing. See? January 6th was one of the most amazing times in American history. Do you know how many people don't know that they keep asking? They just absolutely they amaze no when idea. we tell them, do you know what it's like to be around thousands and thousands and thousands of people praying all at the same time? Do you have yeah. any oh, idea what that's like? Amazing. It was, the it was most like a revival meeting. Yes. 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 Until we cross that bridge going down Constitution, going towards the Capitol. And that's when all of the bad actors were injected into the train of oh, 6.7 million people, by the way, which the news still will not report on yep. that were present that day in D.C. 6.7 million people for the most loserous president in U.S. history. Yeah, right. And somehow he won by, you know, Joe Biden won by 80. 81, 82 million. Yeah, no, no, no way. No. Uh, have you seen the movie Capital Punishment? Not yet. It's on my list. I I, I did a, a documentary too. If you guys want to look at it online, yeah. it's called Capital Offense. I put it out back in January, right after the event uh, on January 6th. Capital. It's shorter than Capital Punishment, <laughs> but and it doesn't include the uh, the J6 captives. But it, it, it is yeah. stuff that, that was right there when it happened because I was there. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, when you when you do go to get the movie, you can use the promo code Defiant uh, at hisglory.tv just to let you know. So this is treason. Where is my officer? I can't breathe. I I'm Nick Searcy. On January 6, 2021, I went to Washington, D.C., along with multitudes of other Americans because we believed that the election was stolen. I saw with my own eyes what happened that day. And what they show you on the media doesn't tell half the story. Here's the Capitol, and here's people going in there. They didn't show all of this out here. I saw people of all colors, races, creeds, Asian Americans for Trump, blacks for Trump. I even saw a guy wearing a shirt that said fags for Trump. And since I'm from California, I knew that guy. We're from Iowa. Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm here standing with my fellow patriots. We all standing for America. Despite what the media tells you, boots on ground definitely say something different. There is a sea of nothing but red, white, and blue patriots. These are damn working people. They want their country back. We're marching for the Constitution. We're not, it ain't really about Trump. It's about us now. They're, they're attacking us. And we're tired of it. We had a foreign attack and they had domestic support. This is about individual liberty. We don't believe the media. We don't believe you. We don't, we have no faith in our institutions. The FBI is now being sent out by Joe Biden to punish people. We're at war. They're hunting down Trump supporters like dogs. You say that again, we're at war. 147 days since my wife was murdered, executed, 
I step out, I have red dots all over my chest. They broke the door down. Put hands up, hands up, put your hands on the wall, hands up. I was in jail for four straight days. I, I kept banging on the door saying, I have never had a phone call. The sixth was all deception. The level of sophistication and tactic is immense. Oh, I recognize you from Portland. Uh, I've seen people from Portland here, Antifa. I was paid to pretend to protest. You need to come together as Americans again and remember why we started this country. An insurrection without arms? What are they talking about? And why are they lying? So as you just saw, folks, capital punishment, uh, we've been talking about it for a while now. You can see down at the bottom of the screen, you can go to uh, hisglory.tv and use the promo code Defiant and you can get your copy, <clears throat> get your copy today. And I can't. Uh, <laughs> having, a, having a rough little time choke. there. <clears throat> um, yeah, we, we use the promo code Defiant for most things um, because it, it kind of embodies our message. So. Uh, yeah. We are we are defiant. We run uh, since 1776. Yeah, we've been. Our tagline is yeah. "No fear, no filter." So I'm I'm very proud of Mick. He um he kept his his mouth in check for the last hour and 15 minutes. That's that's a, a new one for him. So yeah. He's Normally done, I'm he's a, done very well. I was in the military you know? for 21 years. Yeah. So I like uh, acronyms. Acronyms <laughs> <laughs> that just but, happen to be cuss words. You know, fornication. But we understand that when we have, uh, you know, potential or politicians or people who are running for office on here, and you may want to use this uh, to share with your constituents or potential voters. So we, you know, we try and I tone it back out of respect his, his for my guests. I don't do so, it. Uh, yeah. I don't do it for anything else <laughs> other than respect for my guests. That's it. You know, but, to be honest with you, I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> well, we can. So, I mean, you, you promised some hard. You promised a hard question. Uh, and I and I, I don't want to get one now, but I'm just saying, like I was, I was like, I was all like, the roads at the beginning of the show. Hey, the roads. <laughs> that's all I can say. The roads in South Carolina are absolutely effing atrocious, and uh, I okay. cannot make any big. I I've got you've got to understand. I drive a work truck, so as a service vehicle, it has probably a million miles on it. Although my boss wants to tell me, no, it's only a hundred thousand. I'm like, no, no. I think this <laughs> odometer's rolled more than once. All right, so. I'm at a million miles. I have no springs. I have no shocks. There's nothing called struts in that truck. As a matter of fact, whatever struts are in that truck are so roached, it's like they're I'm riding right on top of the tires. Okay. It's Going like, to it's South Carolina is the most painful event I have to do every day. My back is completely screwed up after driving through South Carolina and coming back. I'm like, oh my, I, I get on my truck. I'm like, oh my Lord. And I'm telling you, I, I'm just, that's my tough question because- okay. But, Can't stand okay. but in, okay. in all seriousness, so, you know, all of the questions that we asked you could have been considered tough by a, a different person, right? Yeah. Because um, Joe Biden yeah. would be like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Come on, man. 
you ain't black, <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Did you do coke before you got on here? I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> come on, man. He's on TV, by the way. Just yeah. I want to throw no, that. No, hush. Hush. Yes. Do, do, remember, you remember that? do you remember that? Do you remember that? You, don't, you guys don't remember that. He doesn't that. work for you. He, he doesn't work for you. I know he doesn't. Um, <laughs> you remember? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, can, we can pull them out all uh, day. We have, we, have, we have them for days. <laughs> I, I, we have a book going. You know how big it is? It's almost as big as my Bible. <laughs> I think we have a episodes of, of Biden gaffes at yes. this point. But, it's, uh, but, but, it, but in all seriousness, people these days, too many people are scared to answer honestly. When you ask them about Jesus, they're scared to even admit that they're a Christian, never mind be proud of it. There's it. When you ask people about guns, they're scared of guns. They're scared of the idea of guns. And when you ask people about abortion, they are so scared of the left that yep. no matter how they feel in their heart, they're scared to talk about it. So those, those are really hard questions. And we don't want people who are scared. We want people who are honest. We want people who are fearless and, and being fear, well, no, not even being, not even fearless. That's the wrong word. We want people who have courage because it's not about being fearless. It's about having courage. And there's a difference. Courage is doing something, even though you're in the face of, of fear. Yes. Like confronting your fear and doing it anyway. That's what courage is. Um, and, and that's what we're looking for in, in any candidate, in any position across the country. We need courageous leaders patriots who, who aren't afraid to speak the truth because people are just fed up with the constant lies and pandering and gaslighting we need honesty can i can i can i say one thing i think you might find controversy with i don't know you might not but I, it's just it's, we love controversy I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer i love jesus and my family and i like i said we've traveled to pakistan we went to pakistan with a pair of clothes on our backs a pair of clothes in a bag and 70 bucks and we were treated like diplomats the entire time we were there. We didn't know where we were going to stay. So I'm, I'm saying all that to say, not to boast, but that we are radically in love with God, with Jesus. Okay. Yep. So, but we in, in America, you don't have to be a Christian to participate in, in American, the American experience, American politics, but you do have to be moral. Like one of our founders, uh, John Adams, again, he said that, you know, our constitution is only adequate to govern a moral and religious people, right? So you don't have to be. A Christian, you don't have to even believe that a God exists, but you got to be moral. How do you measure morality? It's when you treat people the way you want to be treated. That's morality. It's just treating others the way you want to be treated. You don't trespass people because you wouldn't want to be trespassed, right? And so, either moral or religious. Now, if you're religious, you call yourself religious, but you don't love your neighbor as yourself. You don't take care of widows and orphans in their distress. I mean, and an orphan in the Bible's day wasn't somebody who didn't have both parents. It was a fatherless child. That term is interchangeable with fatherless. Why? Because they were the most vulnerable. Look how the church, how we have treated single mothers over the years. It's an indictment. We were we were doing the most irreligious thing there is while we're trying to condemn people for not being believing in Jesus. And so that's irreligious. So if we got immorality, which you see rampant in you know in the school systems and every place right now, you see it on TV everywhere. And irreligious people who really don't love their neighbor as themselves, don't take care of what is an orphan under stress, live just like all the heathen then our country is going to be destroyed. But you don't have to be a believer to participate. It, it just requires that you are a moral person. You love your neighbor as yourself. Take care of people. Love people. Why, why not? 
you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Why not? If you don't treat people the way you want to be treated, it, to be to be perfectly honest with you, um, I don't even know if you deserve America. Maybe you should go somewhere else where, you know, people can treat you the way you don't want to be treated. But if we're going to have America, if we're going to be a strong country that is going to prosper, if we're going to make America great again, then we need to get back to the founding principles of our country, the, the founding virtuous moral principles. There's, they, they couldn't have created this country without them. This country wouldn't have lasted this long if they didn't exist. Virtuous, mora, morally courageous, you know, religious people who love their neighbor as themselves. If we can do that, you know what I'm saying? We will save South Carolina, we'll save Georgia, we'll save our country. I mean, imagine all if all these Christians were taking care of all the orphans, right? All the young fatherless children, single mothers. Imagine they wouldn't be coming out of the high school's Marxists. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why you thought that was going to be controversial. controversial. <laughs> but I, I, I do have you to just say. said like everything that like I almost I I carry <laughs> I get loud. I yell because I trying to wake people up. It's like, please stop being it wasn't a joke when I said, Hey, look, we can't make this stuff up anymore. It wasn't like, wait, hold my beer. Yes, you can. Watch this. I I was like, it wasn't a challenge. Just stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> I, you're not, there was nothing more, there was nothing controversial about what you just said. Matter of fact, a lot of it goes back to what, and I promise this is it, but a lot of it goes back to what originally I think a lot of the founding fathers had that we lost a long time ago. And that's your self ability to accept fault and blame. And for you, yourself, uh, Personal accountability. Personal accountability. And that is the most important part of any society. I don't care. The Romans learned it the hard way. Personal accountability. They saw what happened when Caesar was left un, un, unattended by the, by, the, by the Roman Congress. They saw what Caesar could do. And that's exactly what we're kind of slipping right back into in our own weird way. We're letting a tyrannical government take back right now, George Washington and every single person that was involved in the signing of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States of America are rolling over in their graves, looking at what we're doing right now, going, what, how could you screw this up? We left you a blueprint how to do it right. What the hell? Just read the document. To be fair, Thomas Jefferson in 1824 in a letter to Cartwright, he said specifically, you know, essentially, you know, this, this whole thing is lost. <laughs> the Republic's lost. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Completely said, remember that. Th this is an experiment. We'll see how long it lasts, yep. essentially. And, you know, to what you said about about being moral, um, you're right. You don't you don't have to be you don't have to believe in God to be moral, but it definitely makes it a lot easier. Helps. Right. It, and and you don't. You don't have to go to church every Sunday to believe in God. Um, there is a difference between being a, a believer and being religious. I know a lot of people that go to church every Sunday, and it doesn't make a difference in their lives. They don't take care of their neighbor the way they should. Um, they don't take care of their their family or themselves. They're too wrapped up in the material to be concerned about the spiritual and they think just going to church and, and getting communion or, or saying amen, you know, a couple of times makes them forgiven or makes them holy or righteous. And, and it doesn't, um, you know, believing in God is, is so much more than just going to church. So, um, but, but yeah, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you don't have to be a Christian. It doesn't matter what God be you believe in. They're all the same, yep. right? Yeah. That religion is 
is just like politics. It's two wings of the same bird. Um, that there is there there's one God, and uh, the religions are just another way that they divide us to make us fight each other so that we don't pay attention to what they're doing. Well, you know, I, I got to be as clear as possible that there's only one way to the Father, and it's Jesus. Yep. But at, in America, there are plenty of ways that you can be religious and help us preserve our republic. And so I just want to encourage you that I, it doesn't matter what your belief system is. It, you can even be an atheist. And, and if you, but if you want to protect our communities and you want to have a society that's, that's moral, that's, that does what's right. I mean, the, the Bible is pretty simple. Sin is really simple. If you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, it's sin. It's not that complicated, right? If, if, for instance, if there was a little old man standing at a door and he couldn't open it, you'd open it for him, right? I would. Right? Yeah. What, what if somebody came along and said, I've created a law, and by this law, nobody can open doors for little old men anymore? I would resist that law because that's the right thing to do. No, no, no. I'd vote any way I could to prevent that from happening. Now, what if you could get in a position to prevent that kind of stupid law from even being put forth as an option? That's the right thing to do, guys. So right now I'm encouraging you that there is a place in civic life for every person that's under the sound of my voice right now. If you hear what I'm saying and you agree that God is our master and you agree that being moral and, and religious is the way to live, uh, moral or religious is the way to live, then you need to be involved in the civic process somewhere. That way these the heathens that are trying to destroy our republic are not in those places. You don't even have to know what you're doing. Just get in place and call me up, and I'll make sure you get all the training you need. Amen. Just get involved. <laughs> just, get in, just get involved. Amen. That's it. Yep. Absolutely. Well, again, sir, we appreciate having you on. Yeah, this and, is fantastic. Um, yeah, we, we hope you come back on. I'm dead serious about bringing Trucker Bob on. Love to meet him. Love to talk with him, too. I'd love to watch the two of you go back and forth about different topics. And, uh, yeah. and we're planning a, a, future, a future gubernatorial panel. Um, coming up soon with like Candace, Dr. Sherwood. Because um, he's obviously running for governor in Oklahoma, Candace, yeah. Georgia. Yep. Um, you and Trucker Bob, South yep. Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Joey Gilbert in, yep. in Nevada. So we're we're trying to get a. Uh, you know we you we obviously speak to quite a few political candidates. Um, so we're trying to get the the future governors together to to talk because people don't realize how people don't realize how important the governors are because so many of the governors have given up the power that they, they should rightly hold. Um, they've, they've how just, important they, the 10th yeah, amendment is. They let it, you know, just fly by the wayside so they can get more of those federal dollars. And it's, oh. yeah. So, you know, we, we see, we really need to get governors together so that, because when, when we come together, we do so much more together than we can ever do individually. So I think that's as, as important for governors as it is for just regular people. So completely agree. Yep. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on, sir. Yes. If you guys can go to vote truckerbob.com, vote truckerbob.com backslash donate. We need 20,000 people around our country, 20,000 people anywhere to give us at least 20 bucks. And then we can take on the country club class of elitist establishment politicians in South Carolina who don't give a crap about small businesses, don't care about mom and pop stories. They don't care about any of us, really. They just care about making sure that the pockets of the people who line their pockets are lined. And so help us to take this fight on in South Carolina. 20 bucks, 
20,000 people. If you can get 20,000 people to give us 20 bucks, we'll stop asking. But that's all we need. <laughs> gotcha. Hey. Well, you just said it. All Folks, right. get out there. Give them a give them a hand if you can. And uh, again, sir, we appreciate having you on. And uh, have a great night. Look forward to meeting you in person next weekend. Yes, sir. Awesome. Look Thank forward to seeing you guys. All right. See you. Thanks for being here. So that was uh, Zoe Warren, that who was is running for the lieutenant governor of South Carolina. South Carolina. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was a great conversation. Yeah. So we I'm, we could have talked to him for another couple hours. Absolutely. But, but we, we actually have, have a hard do. stop. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, folks, uh, again, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, again, like, share, subscribe, and uh, get out there. Meet your candidates, folks. And if you've got questions for these candidates, please reach out to us. Uh, we will ask them. As you can see, we'll ask them anything. Yep. I asked them about the damn roads because I do literally drive from yeah, hate the roads. here to South Carolina. Yeah. And it is very painful to drive yes. up there. Either way, uh, we will be back in a little bit. Uh, Actually, the, the newscast will come out before oh, that's this. Right. I think this is going to come out on. Yeah. Tomorrow. I've already marked this. I think I marked this 132. The other one was. Yeah. Okay. All right. It doesn't matter. So either way, <laughs> folks, uh, have a good night and uh, we will talk to you later. Yeah. Not going to take it. Not going to take it.